Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by Neon Brainiacs. Neon Brainiacs is a weekly horror comedy podcast hosted by Greg and Ben as they assess various horror films from the 1980s, the decade that defined the genre. Neon Brainiacs takes a weekly look at the good, the bad, and the schlock of 80s horror. New episodes drop every Wednesday, wherever you get podcasts. Fellow fiends, welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to another episode of Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are back at the home studio office. Can I shouldn't you hear? sound so happy it's about that. It's so crisp. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing I want to get at. Our audio quality is back to normal. Like an autumn falling leaf from a Canadian tree. On the other hand, uh, all of those Canadian trees... uh, Are dead. We came home and they're all dead. (laughs) Yeah, and some of them have been turned into paper, which have been used for printing bills, which are all sitting in front of me at the desk. Oh, you mean like... Bills of owing bills, not oh, like yeah. bills, dollar dollar bills. No, 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 no. That's that you come back. It's cold weather. The bills are here. Life is back to normal. Yeah, although we've only been home for less than twenty four hours, so we're still in this weird dreamlike state where it's like, did we ever really leave? <laughs> and then we have a shit ton of laundry. So yes, we did. Oh, indeed. we very definitely left. <laughs> we did indeed leave. I am very happy to be home, though. I had an amazing trip. Mm-hmm. We saw so much cool stuff. We got to meet a bunch of amazing people. Some 
of our longtime writers, which you guys were so awesome. I'm so happy we got to meet you. We missed a few. I promise oh, you guys, you know, Georgette is in our lives now. Georgette's the RV. I don't exactly. Know if we... Yeah. Did we say that? Did <laughs> I don't know. We, did we, we say but... that we named our RV? I don't know. If we na- we let that one in. slide until just now. Um, but that's our RV's name and she's in our lives. And we're going to meet as many people as we humanly possibly feasibly can. Oh, it was so sad to send out a bunch of messages on the way back. And, and even more today, actually. We're just like, hey, you know, unfortunately, we just we really couldn't make it out where you were it was too much of a detour we had to get back home fast we're in so much debt we're yeah in so much you know debt. It, i would have stayed out there forever and just done extra trips to meet people but like unfortunately uh our bank would have started calling us yeah i think what we need to do is train like, have you now... fleed the country like uh i haven't not not fleed <laughs> But Quick what, question, though, before I answer. How far do your repo trucks go? <laughs> like, is Florida okay? Is we far enough? Um, yeah, we're going to do it again. We're we're back home for the wintertime. We're winterizing Georgette now. Yep. She's getting um, wrapped up and closed down for the winter. We're going to hunker down. We're going to pay down some of our bills. We're going to get... learn to not eat. That's my plan. <laughs> we're going to get our fa- finances and our waistbands back in order. And then we're going to do this again in the springtime, summertime, fall time. We haven't decided. We haven't planned anything yet. But yeah. that's the goal is we want to get back out. We want to do more stuff. We got to see so many amazing things. We got to go to the Sleepy Hollow Film Festival, the Salem Film Festival, Fantastic Fest, which we always love. Uh, we got to go to Disney World and Halloween <laughs> Horror Nights. You want to tell everybody about Halloween Horror Nights? So this is my first time at Halloween Horror Kim Nights. Kim was a champ. Yeah. Hopefully there's no video footage of that night because I will take all of these compliments, but I doubt I really earned them. I'm not a haunted house <laughs> person. I've said it on the podcast before. We all know I'm a huge wuss. How many, how many haunted houses would you think that you've been in? In my life. No, no, no. Yeah. Up Total. to October... 30th 5 p.m like how up up to that time i know exactly how many okay three total now do you want to tell Frankenstein niagara falls when i was a kid oh yeah that's a good one uh haunted house last year on niagara falls that we went to with christy and jonathan of daily dead oh yeah that was fun and i was a big wuss even though there were n- there wasn't even a single actor in there there was just some like giant spiders hanging <laughs> and i still was a wuss about it <laughs> cotton webs <laughs> itchy it smells like black lights in here (laughs) and the one that we went to the hokey one somewhere in an old field there was just like a bunch of like rickety planks and then an abominable snowman chased me yeah that was fun yeah which was kind of terrifying now uh three um, three total in just between 501 p.m and 2 a.m october 30th at halloween horror nights how many houses you go into well jonathan I went in seven haunted houses. You mean to tell me you more than doubled your lifetime record? I sure did. All right. Yeah, it was an experience. I I can't say that I feel any more confident about them, <laughs> but I did it, and I have done it, and it is done. My expectation was two. I, I expected to be able to get Kim into two houses, and uh, and any any more after that was just icing on the cake. Like, okay, I know, I know, I can get her to go in one right away. No big deal. She'll take a break. We'll go to some rides, look at a gift shop, and then we'll go into another one before the end of the night when the lines died down. I had fully planned to dip off from the group. Thank God that we met up with Whitney and David again. Thank you guys so much for for showing us around Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, we met them in Ohio. We mentioned that on the the episode after that. 
And they happened to be going to Horror Nights the same time we were. So we got to banded together as a group of four. And at 1.5, we met Evan on the... on the Yeah, yeah, from Toronto as well. Was down in Florida doing Halloween Horror Nights by and himself. So we had a good group going in. Like, I was able to sandwich myself in between people. Horror Nights is also very busy. So they have, like, this people-moving kind of mentality with the haunted houses. They don't let you in in segments, which I'm sure is a complaint for some of you big haunt people. But yeah. I fucking loved it. Being able to have some scares... Uh, taken away from me and and put on the people in front and behind me so I appreciated that but yeah it was still pretty fucking terrifying so terrifying that when we got out of the first house John had an imprint of my face in his shoulder from my makeup transferring it was hilarious it was worth it (laughs) oh man it was there the whole night I couldn't get it off because I kept just making it worse even when we were in like the um killer clowns house and and (laughs) ghostbusters like I was a wuss in both of those definitely a house a haunted house that you could send your kids through the ghostbusters oh yeah no no you could not nightmare scenario you're tough kids i guess they had ghostbusters popping in like you guys aren't supposed to be scary we were safe the ghostbusters were there I did not feel safe at all. They came, they saw, they kicked ass. It was great. Everyone was, was fine. Yeah, and so uh, what was what was your favorite? We went on a whole bunch of them, but which one do you think was the best? Um, even though it traumatized me mm-hmm. to the point of maybe no return. Go on. Universal Monsters. Right. So the set designs and the special effects makeup were phenomenal. And... I was so scared through most of the haunted houses, like I didn't look at anything and I would try to keep my head down and just shuffle through until I saw an exit sign. And then even then I wouldn't put my head back up because you know there's a final scare at that exit sign. But I did sneak a few glances in the Universal Monsters maze because I couldn't not. Dracula looked amazing. Oh yeah, Quasimodo. Dracula had this like crazy sort of Fright Night vampire thing going on. It was just like an impossible mouth of teeth. He was almost a bat even. It was like, it. oh, it was like Bram Stoker's meets Fright Night in mid-transformation kind of thing. Like, Hell it yeah. Was, it was wonderful. My um, favorite was probably the Phantom of the Opera. I've talked about it to everybody, but there was just like this really ornate wallpaper that all of a sudden just disappears and the Phantom is there with his organ and then boom, it's wallpaper again. Genius. Absolute genius. And the creature from the Black Lagoon looked amazing. Oh, of course. They all uh, do. Frankenstein was an ass. Yeah. <laughs> Pop, popped out and scared me no less than three times. That's too funny. I, I would say the other one that like really impressed me was the Us House. It was very cool. Oh, the man. sound design in the, the sound Us design. House. Also, when have you ever been in a haunted house that has two floors simultaneously? Like we walked through like a whole set. We, and then we went to the basement. Yeah, it was it was very cool. And it was so walking good. through the like the, the mystic sequence. Oh, I was thinking that mystic like find yourself maze entrance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was really surreal because we were already I thought in the maze at this point and we walked down like this long corridor and the music's building and then we have to walk into the maze and I was just like oh man it's hard enough for you guys to get me walking one entrance and now I gotta walk in another one yeah, <laughs> like, you, you go- guys are asking a lot <laughs> you go in through like the cottage house and then you make your way over to the beach and you go into the, the mirror maze and then you're into the basement and the music is all around you and like the way that they have it synced up uh, with uh, Lupita Nyong'o's like dialogue uh, from the movie, like either as uh, as red or as oh, not red. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it works so well. It's it's like she's talking just over your shoulder. Oh, and then you go through like the neighbor's cottage where like the entire family's been killed. Yeah, damn. And the twins are upstairs, and you're just like, this is great. I <laughs> uh, loved it. I loved it. It was really good. 
Okay, Halloween Horror Nights aside, though, uh, obviously Mike Flanagan's Dr. Sleep hits theaters this weekend. We've got an interview and a review on the website for you to check out. Uh, we're going to be seeing it at some point. I think Friday night is, is when we're going. We're seeing it with some friends. But we will be recording a Drive Home from the Drive-In review uh, for Patreon. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a full-length episode for Patreon. So, well, I don't think John or myself is all that pumped for Dr. Sleep. Yeah. We're, we're giving it a go. Yeah, we're going to yeah, give, we're gonna give it, it a solid try. And we'll talk about it on Patreon. I'm kind of stuck right now because I was, I was like, I was, you know, like, okay, let's let's be positive about this. Let's just go in blank slate. Sure, maybe you're not super stoked to see it. Might surprise. I'm just very sensitive great. about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, and I feel like this movie, especially through the trailers and stuff, like they are really using it. But you know, I'm just trying to take a step back and like let this movie have its day. Yeah. My my biggest take from or my biggest point of contention is that this film is a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining using material from Stephen King's sequel to The Shining but by using Stanley Kubrick's The Shining you're making a sequel to a movie that Stephen King himself does not like and does not think is canon yeah so why would he let them make a sequel based on film that's not canon like there's something like money grabby about this whole sequel like touching Stanley Kubrick's work and I if Stanley Kubrick was alive, he would not be okay with this. So uh, Mike Flanagan had some interesting things to say about that. Uh, he wrote a piece in Fangoria, which was really interesting, talking about sort of threading the needle between those two because he has such a love for that movie. Uh, and, but it's not. And also <sighs> Stephen King's book and Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. Uh, <sighs> and he's trying to do as best he can to braid the two of them together. Um and it's hard because one, you got to remember. Okay, you know, yes, there but is, it shouldn't be. There is a that TV Shining version at all. of The Shining. Mm. It exists. They've made it. But we are making a movie, and The Shining exists. There's no way to just ignore it. I mean, we have done a lot of retconning recently with films, but there's just you can't do it. That movie exists in the minds of too many people and is too influential to just ignore. And yes, I do agree. The trailers seem to be very Shining heavy. Um, it, it's hard to say how much they do with it. Well, Mike Flanagan just, had a talk with Stephen King and explained what he wanted to do, and Stephen mm. King was just like, "Okay, well, that's how you're gonna do it. I'm fine with it." In our interview that our writer Danita did with Mike uh, on Halloween, actually, it's a really good review. You should check it out. He talks about never looking at this movie as a sequel, uh, and that yeah, every the, time that thought came the up, the production it, companies and the distribution companies are looking at it with big green sequel eyes. I guarantee can, a lot of people seeing this movie this weekend haven't seen The Shining. We, you know, we're gonna have to pause this conversation until we see it because. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not in a position to say anything about the movie here nor there. That's very true, and neither can I. Just to finish my quick thought, about, <laughs> well, no, no, just, just just to relay the info, like from from the interview, uh, he, he talks about not wanting, never wanting to treat it as a sequel, and just uh, talking about it as the child of of that property. So coming from the DNA of its two parents being Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and Stephen King's The Shining, it is not necessarily a sequel to either of those, but is. Um, related to it. The baby of all of them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. We're going to see how it goes. I'm very fingers crossed. We have been keeping you guys for far too long because we're so happy to be home and with our audio. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten caught up on the new patrons. I'm so sorry we don't have a shout out for you again this week, but I promise you next episode we will be organized and ready to shout out all of our new names. 
Um, for our continued patrons and our new patrons who joined us on the road, thank you guys so much for being supporters of Nightmare on Film Street. If you want to check out Patreon, you can of course head to patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. We'll be dropping our Doctor Sleep episode at some point this weekend. We also have a bonus episode in tandem with this week's full-length episode, The Huge, and tons of other hours of bonus content and fun stuff there. As you probably saw in the title this week, we are talking Documented Demons, and we'll be discussing The Last Exorcism, but before that, we will be talking The Taking of Deborah Logan. You want to keep the house? You need the sacrifice. You talk to me about sacrifice? Hey. Hey. Ma! They want to make a movie about me. Yes. We will live and document our subject's physical and mental degradation over the course of two one-month periods. We're going to have fun, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not interested in being exploited. Sarah mentioned that Deb's been sleepwalking pretty bad. So let's set up surveillance cams. sleepwalking. You should come see this. It's not good, Doc. Do you remember a man named Henri Desjardins who went missing 30 years ago? I tried to wash you in the river, you know. How long to become? That woman is crazy. The notion of spiritual parasites does exist. Okay. In 2014, The Taking of Deborah Logan is currently sitting at a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. No Metacritic rating, from what I saw, no Roger Ebert rating. Also, when we we had to rent this movie, uh, because it wasn't on Netflix anymore. Boo! Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was listed as The Taking, and even the title card came up, The Taking. But as of release, when does this come out? November. It will be on Shutter. That's true. It's coming on Shutter end of September. Boom. I'm going to have a real hard time not like doing that thing where you clap in between every word you say you during love this, this episode. Movie. I fucking love this movie. This is your episode. Take it away. It is my movie. I'm real it's I want to clap. I don't know. I just want to like this is it's hard. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands now. I think this is a good movie. Fuck you. I think it's a, I think it's a good movie. It's a good I... movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> Shut up, John. Whenever you say like it's a good movie, I feel like you're saying it so that I don't like beat you up. And everybody's just like, "Wow, Kim's really selling that movie." Real no, hard. no, it's just like we don't have a word for those like, "Oh yeah, I really liked it." Like, yeah, do you, you want to watch it again right now? Decent. No. <laughs> like, decent doesn't doesn't it de- decent like, in, in like the scale of words that I have. I th- I feel like decent is underneath my good. I'm like, oh, it's a good movie. I, 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 it feels it a little sarcastic. It depends how you say good. I'm like, no, oh, it's a good movie. Like, <laughs> the yeah. higher the pitch, the bigger the lie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Really, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. See, I don't believe that. In this middle of the road. 
It's got some great stuff. Okay, let's just let's just start I'm talking. I'm just not buying. Let's start talking. Okay. Let's start talking. I do want to start by saying this was probably one of the last blind discoveries I have had. Nowadays, it's impossible to just stumble across a movie. For you. Well, I guess, yeah, because I run a horror news website. Yeah. Um, But, like, you always hear about stuff. You hear about production news. You hear, oh, somebody's been cast in this movie, and there's 300 trailers before anything um, oh, this crazy script from somebody no one's ever heard of just got just got optioned yeah. for an insane amount of money. And this movie literally saw the image on Netflix, clicked it, watched it, was like, what the fuck? Had you passed by that image several times? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Like, um, immediate saw it, said, sure, yeah. why not? And then the description was like, in this found footage. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to click Done. it. I don't need to know more. Yes. I'm, I like all found footage. It's... It's a weakness, what can I say? Um, you like what you like, who cares? Found footage is great. But taking of Deborah Logan, like, I will admit, some of the lore is a little hammy in the middle. Like, it's a little... It just crosses into the realm of believability, but my favorite thing about this movie is how delicately they handle the portrayal of uh, Alzheimer's slash dementia. Yeah, 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 they do a great job. Uh, lately, especially, too, uh, horror's been getting a really bad rap for portraying mental illness and like attributing a lot of like paranormal things to mental illness and I don't think it's necessarily something that horror needs to stop doing but more horror like this where you are feeling the weight and gravity of mental illness and still still exploring like fantasy elements and horror elements and whatever is is fine because it's fiction you're allowed to go anywhere you want with fiction but we get a, like there's a lot of bad portrayals of it's not called multiple personality di- disorder anymore. What is it called? Disassociative Dis- yeah. identity disorder. Exactly. That that gets a... That's that's one of the ones that's really like not well handled in horror. But this p- movie proves there is a way to to have both of those elements. To do... Uh, to tackle mental illness and to also tackle spooky paranormal horror. Yeah, because it is definitely both. We have, we're, we're very much in the horrors of Alzheimer's in the front half of the movie. And you feel the horror of it. Yeah. And, and the movie is quite scary, even without any of the added possession plot. The, the plot that just gets really fantastical near the end. Yeah. The movie, in my opinion, would have been fine even if it had just remained, woman has dementia, gets very scary. Yeah, totally. Because she is watching herself slip away, and in those moments when she's gone, she is uncontrollable, and it's it's hard for everybody around her, and it's terrifying. It's, also it's so a- haunting because it's it's like looking into like a mercury mirror. Like you aren't seeing this full human being, but you're also looking at kind of the future. Like dementia is going to affect all of us. Like we are all going to experience memory loss. If we get, if we're lucky enough to live that long, mm. like memory, memory loss is, is a reality of, of being older. Like we might not all experience Alzheimer's, which is a very extreme form of it, but dementia is, is the result of an aging brain. Yeah, unfortunately. And the, the, there's a great moment in the movie too, where she's uh, finally welcomed the film crew into the house. She's showing everybody around uh, and she shows, is it Germany where her family's from? Yeah, I think it's Germany. She's that like, was so sad. Yeah, she's like, oh, have you ever been? Like, no, it's always been one of my biggest regrets. I've, like, never... I've always wanted to go. Like, we, we took you, Mom. We went. And 
you loved it. It was, it was it was great. And you can just see on her face that like I would love to have that memory. Like it's very it's embarrassing. And it's for embarrassing. Her. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love just how in the beginning how prim and proper she is and how how she's trying to put on such a good front and oh, like yeah. um be her old self, which is like a classy old woman. Like her hair is in like classic pin curls. Yeah. She's got pearls on. She's got yeah. like an ascot. She's gardening. She's she very cooks. put together. She takes yeah. care of herself. She's very self-sufficient. And she makes that cake that's like not cooked all the way in the center. Oh, yeah. I felt so. It was so sweet though when the cameraman was like, "No, it's great. It's fine." <laughs> but it it's a, definitely a very wonderful portrayal. And, and like I, my grandpa had Alzheimer's, and there's an there's a part in the movie that like it's very scary for me because it it reminds me of when he passed away. Um, they show an image of like an Alzheimer patient oh. with like the the sucked in face yeah and it's it's about the the point where you can't swallow anymore and like that is i think it's a real photo yeah and that like that really scared me but like as it wasn't offensive like it was very um we were still very much in discussing the because the documentary crew is is examining an alzheimer's patient that is the goal of the documentary so like they're trying to get the personal story behind Mm -hmm. how alzheimer's affects this family and while they're doing that, they are showing you images and, and you're getting information about the disease, but it, it's it's handled so accurately and honestly. And that's, I think, the, the key in, in analyzing or utilizing these diseases is just to be, like, really honest about it. Because it is scary. Like, it, it does belong in a horror movie. I don't know why Alzheimer's hasn't been in horror movies. More. More. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that short that we watched they're making it a feature which is very exciting i i do it was uh, was it last year or 2017 there was there was a short going around film festivals i think it's called cresswick that sounds right yeah cresswick or crestwick or yeah and and i mean like i could pull my phone out and check right now but we're recording uh and i i unfortunately i don't have the director's name in front of me but yes she is adapting that for a feature and uh that was one of the scariest, like, five, ten-minute chunks that we saw all year. So I'm very excited to see that adapted into a feature film. But you're right. This is very much a real-life horror. And the problem, I think the reason we probably don't see it too much is, one, you you ask a lot of an older actor when you start making a movie about Alzheimer's, especially mm-hmm. being a horror. But it also, it, it strikes home for a lot of people. It's, it is a scary thing that we maybe don't want to see on screen. Yeah, like it is very sensitive. Which is interesting because we we love movies about death. Um, death is fine. Death has a death has a like um like the Grim Reaper, because he's coming for you. He's always coming. Like movies like It Follows. Like that is essentially just a movie about death and its inevitability and its constant closing in on you. We're fine with that, but that's probably I, I don't know, John. <laughs> it's probably just because it's an. Abstract. I think that's why that movie is so scary. It's because well, it hits home. <laughs> when I say when I say we're fine with it, I mean like ten of those movies could come out in okay. ten weeks, and yeah, you'd yeah. see all ten of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't maybe see all ten Alzheimer's movies, and that's maybe and it, knowing that they're all super spooky, scary, maybe you wouldn't, and that's just because it's not something that people want to think about. I remember hearing before, and I don't have any statistics on it, and I can definitely agree with the what I've been told here. If you are given, when people are given, uh, like, those 23andMe tests, and you can test to see, like, what sicknesses, illnesses that you're genetically predisposed for, mm-hmm. people don't want to know about Alzheimer's. People don't want to be told that they have the conditions that are ripe 
to develop Alzheimer's and elder in in old age. Well, that's true though. There are there are some scientifically proven ways that you can like stave off Alzheimer's. Yeah, like, there's like preventative measures. Doing Sudoku puzzles and Hell crosswords yeah. and challenging your brain every day and like you know the greatest part going on walks and getting oxygen up there. Like there are ways to to like it might not stop it from coming. No. it might it might always be coming for you, but like you might get it when you're seventy versus when you're fifty. Yeah, and uh, that's the saddest is when you find people diagnosed with early Alzheimer's and they're in their thirties. Yeah, or, I've read I've read some reports on that. That's crazy. That is the scariest thing. The Memories other, are all we have. Oh man. Oh, that's what's so scary. That's it's, so. It's, it's so funny because that is that is very much how you and I kind of live our lives. Like we, uh, we're not we we don't throw our money around, but like we. We don't have money to throw around. <laughs> we don't. We don't have money to throw around. But we 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 understand that memories are more important than um, things, tangible than things, tangible things. Yeah, like we sure we love to have movies around, but I would. I, we're more about experiences. We're more about experiences. So like we don't really collect a lot of things. We put them into experiences and memories. Like we are and very food. much. Oh, food. Oh, food. Food. I would argue is a memory. We 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 are collecting memories, and I will tell you right now, I am holding those memories around my waist right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I would say Alzheimer's is my biggest fear, like my or yeah. the medical fear or like how do you not want to die? Alzheimer's, I think, is is my choice. Because it's like it's like being a balloon with a hole in it. That's what death with Alzheimer's is like. It's like little bits of you leak out slowly until yeah. you're finally deflated and gone. Like, well, it's also that you what have to part watch you, them go. Well, and what point do you leave in that story? Because who like, knows? You can't really ask them. That's the problem. You could be like, and a, it's not a it's not a seamless process because like there were points like I I know with my my papa where like he would be there and then he wouldn't be there and then he'd be there and then he wouldn't be there. And I it's remember just like, that. Yeah. He's still there at times. Yeah. And then there's time and, and you can see them getting frustrated because like there's a point where where they're angry and they don't know why and it's because somewhere within themselves they know that there's something gone or missing. Or like you try to access a memory and it's no longer there and yeah. it's and you have to express it in, in ways that like you don't necessarily control. Like you become violent or you or you exhibit like moods and behaviors that are nothing like within your personality. So y- your family isn't even interacting with a version of you that they're familiar with. Yeah. That's spooky. That's horrifying. And it's, it's haunting and it's terrible and it's awful. And it's definitely something that we should explore more in art forms because like that is, that's life for some people. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's sad and it's scary, but it is very real and it is very unavoidable in a way i will at least bring us to a positive note and say that uh two years ago maybe there was an episode of radio lab where they were profiling a uh, doctor who had made some very promising headway with uh with also with curing alzheimer's or at least uh treating alzheimer's i should say uh she was doing it with mice and it was actually super easy it was basically the, these mice were in a room with a very like i am i am simplifying this obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. but like a blue strobe light and it helped repair some of the pathways that were damaged by alzheimer's i remember that something yeah. about how they're using different patterns of light to yeah. like wake up parts of the brain that have gone inactive. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, was, it would essentially be like you would do that. Like light at least therapy. In her thinking. Yeah, How non-intrusive therapy, yeah. is that? Yeah, it seems like you would have to be in a room and you would maybe have to do it more than once a day. But, like, isn't that amazing? Like, oh, it's just, 
In to the be morning, able to like remember and interact with your grandkids for another ten years, like that sounds great. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, um, it, it it sounds very promising, and they are very excited for it. And uh, obviously, there is still much to do, but it's on the horizon, and that's very good news. Yeah, that's great. Another big credit to the film on its portrayal of Alzheimer's and the character Deborah is the actress that plays. Oh my her. god, she's incredible. She in this movie. is wonderful. In, like she is the absolute highlight of this movie. She is perfect in every like from the end to the beginning she nails every single moment she's on camera she is practically three different people like to t- two of those people are essentially the same there is there is deborah logan and then there is the alzheimer's affected deborah logan but then there is the possessed deborah logan mm-hmm. she's a fucking monster she's terrifying there's one moment in particular that like I was looking for images to post on social media and I just found that image and I was like, bah! and I almost threw my phone. It's literally... <laughs> it's her staring um, back, right? It's, But it's when she's playing the piano and oh. the filmmaker is in like the other room. So there's at least like 13 feet of darkness in between them. And she's like just hitting keys and she turns to look at the camera and there's just so much space in between them, but you can still see like the hoods of her eyes and it it was too much for me. What is like what is so the song spooky. that she's playing too? Like she's also singing it throughout the movie. I think that's maybe the killer, Ugh. right? Like that is the possessed person inside of her mm. who's whistling that tune and singing that song. I don't even remember what it is. It's like row 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 your boat or something. It's it's not that, but it's something as as uh, public domain and free. <laughs> row 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 your boat should be public domain. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like who wrote that? Socrates. <laughs> he gave us the Socratic method, and of course, the 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 classic child. The he gave us yeah the Socratic method and the roundabout singing. He invented that <laughs> roundabout singing. Ah, oh, classic harmonies. Did you love doing that as a kid? I, I see- fucking loved doing yeah, that. Like, we did it at what? church. A you bunch. mean to tell me we can sing different parts of this song at the same time? Holy shit! And like, it just works. <laughs> blows your mind blows your mind yeah and then you discover the band tool and like oh it's all coming together and then your now. pants get looser and your shirts get blacker yeah and then 13 <laughs> years later they put out a new album you know about that and they're on spotify yeah <laughs> <laughs> they are actually when the the day that this episode drops they will be playing in toronto four days from now <laughs> are you saying you want tickets i kind of want to go <laughs> Only if it's at that place that has volleyball courts. I tried to no and food it's, trucks. No, it's at the uh, it's at the Rogers Center. I think. Oh, you. Yeah, it's an arena. I tried winning tickets on the radio because like, I'm not paying to go there. <laughs> I fucking hate arenas. I am definitely. It's so a hard to get a beer once person. you're in there. Yeah. Yep. It's so steep and there's so many people. And you're like, I just want an eight dollar pretzel and a fourteen dollar beer. I mean, you're a mile away from another the stage. one. Another one. <laughs> I will. I will, however, say though, I had very bad seats when I saw Childish Gambino there, and it was still an incredible show. Okay, so plot of Deborah Logan. Yep, yep, back to the movie. Uh, because we've only talked about Alzheimer's and Deborah. And Childish Gambino. And Childish Gambino. And Tool. So in the movie, a documentary crew is following Deborah and her family, which is her adult daughter, Sarah. And Deborah is in the throes of Alzheimer's. So they're basically just kind of supposed to be a silent crew. Um, they're following them around. There are a few on-camera interviews. 
And very quickly, Deborah's condition starts to take a turn for the worse. She is in the sense that she's possessed by a fucking killer. Well, at, Come at on. first we don't we don't know that, but she's just she's sleepwalking. She's disappearing in the middle of the night. Um, she's she's appearing, levitating on the counters. <laughs> she's appearing on countertops. Man, she's Alzheimer's um, out of control. Freaking out she's about floating. missing shovels. <laughs> yeah, and there's some creepy paintings and some window stuff with some nails. Deborah's being spooky. You know, it didn't occur to me right now. It didn't occur to me until right now why she was so upset about that missing shovel. Oh. Did you just realize? Oh. That's right. Because it's a murder weapon. It's a murder weapon. Well, and also, too, when she has that freak out in the middle of the night and she's trying to nail the door shut, it's because the guy is coming in to try to possess her and she's trying to keep him out. Oh, you think that's what so it is? So she's in like an Alzheimer's-y state, but she's trying to keep him out at that point. That doesn't work. Because in those paintings that that filmmaker just throws on the floor willy-nilly even though right? it's someone else's oh, art. Oh, man, what an asshole. <laughs> the, the shadow is getting closer and closer and closer to that window. It's a good move. <laughs> I, do, I do love that move. What a prick. That guy's an ass throughout this whole movie. Yeah, I think he's just thought it was going to be easy money, like just filming like a boring family and he's I gotta he's tell getting right shot now, at and <laughs> getting getting in tight with a family who's suffering from Alzheimer's does not sound like easy money that sounds like a rough job just emotionally rough not yeah. like physically being <laughs> like attacked by a possessed woman or being shot at by her gardening boyfriend yeah yeah you know if they didn't kill somebody together they probably wouldn't have remained such an item for so long I I like it it's like they've got this like platonic but not really platonic relationship they're definitely in in old people love you kidding me where she's... they just like hold hands when the daughter's not there and then, then, then the daughter comes around. and they're like oh, and he just oh, starts yeah. he like starts up the leaf blower yeah <laughs> walks oh, away. It's just the carburetor was flooded us mm. i'm gonna go pick some carrots <laughs> <laughs> how is it that we learn about the killer again that I don't remember a damn thing about. Okay, so what happens is during one of Deborah's fits, she goes upstairs. Deborah was a phone operator back when phones were all done, you know, with like the the connecting dials and whatever. And that's what Deborah did. And it's still hooked up in the attic. And she was in a fit and she was she was stabbing at like one particular number. Mm-hmm. And they went through the logs and they were able to chicken scratch the name of the, the person and then they watched a documentary. They found out he was a murderer. La, la, la. Right, 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 right. Some dude in the area who was killing kids. Killing kids. In the name of Satan for some, like, particular ritual. Yep, yep. And he needed five. You could be my fifth. Something about got snakes four. in the river. He only got to four, though. And then... And then he disappeared. Well, then, because Deborah was a phone operator, she overheard that her own daughter was planned to be the fifth victim. So, her and the... I want to call him a groundskeeper, but is that mean? I don't know. It depends He's on how much work he did around the grounds. Right? Hey, if you're working that telephone, you can't be you, you can't be outside gardening. Maybe he was a groundskeeper. Because like I don't know if he's a neighbor because he's always helping out outside. Yeah, like maybe he lives on the property. Well, her and Harris. His name's Harris. Her and Harris killed him and buried him in the garden. <laughs> yeah, they did. She stabbed him in the neck with a shovel. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's Get it, right. Deborah. We should have done this episode on Mother's Day. <laughs> but, of course, 50 years later, now that Deborah's weak. Uh, it hasn't been 50. The daughter's not friggin' 60 years old. That's a really good point. It's really been like 30 years. There is a, there is a pretty big age difference when you think about it between the daughter and mom. How old do you think the daughter is, Sarah? You think she's just like a really young looking 45, 50? I think she's, no, I think she's like 
40, maybe like 38. Okay. All right. And mom's like 65. You think she's 65? 65, 70. Either way. Um, so some 30 years later then, whatever, um, this, this, uh, the ghost, the spirit of this killer is, uh, has risen up from the garden and he's coming for Deborah now that she's weak. Uh, and he's gotten in. And once he, once he gets in, he really doesn't let go. Like he, he sort of slips out every once in a while. Uh, like she's able to fight him off, but like you can see like as the, as the, the illness takes over, uh, and she becomes more weak, he, is, he gains more access to her constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you see, see Deborah slip out in moments, like when she's in the hospital and she has Harris come in and there's that scene where he's like trying to smother her. Yeah. She's Deborah in that moment. She's well, see, like, kill I, me. Here's, here's the thing. I think, I think she's, she's struggling in that moment. I think it is very much the killer whose name I can't remember. Um, Desjardins or Dehardin. Oh yeah, no Dehardin. But it's Desjardins. It's definitely De- well. He, I think it's because they are trying to maybe use like proper French, and we have oh like the bastardized, bastardized. Canadian French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Desjardins. That's how we're gonna call it. It's yeah. Desjardins. 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 No Desjardins. Uh, also because we have a bank. <laughs> <laughs> and it's here. Desjardins. It's Desjardins. <laughs> so Desjardins is like take off my take off my restraints. And close the door, uh, and then and then she's like, "Kill me." Either that, or you could be, you could be right. It could just all be him trying to get close because, like, why does she need her restraints off if she wants him to kill her? That's true. Like, oh, take my restraints off so it looks like I committed suicide with a pillow. Well, maybe that is why. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You could. No, you couldn't. Maybe. No, because if you suffocate, let, okay, let's say you you suffocate yourself with a pillow. It's possible. Maybe if you flip over, maybe you, you pass out. Like- and then you let go of the pillow. No, because your hands become dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody knows Deborah Logan after years of working on that phone switch. As a phone switch operator, heaviest hands in the town. <laughs> All that gardening. She's got four arms like a beast. She's practically a sailor from the Each elbow one, down. Each one, 15 pounds. <laughs> you only need 13 pounds of pillow pressure to kill a person. Everyone knows that. 13, 13 square pounds. <laughs> you just got to open palm, open palm, down. <laughs> She didn't have a chance. Oh, man. But Harris gets hit in the back of the head with a TV. Yeah, like, like the demon throws a TV at him. The demon throws a TV. I love it. Why does he need Deborah? Is it just like the ultimate insult to take over Deborah? Because he's opening windows. He's throwing TVs. He's got plenty of power without her. Or is this like a ghost thing? Well, like the movie I, Ghost, he's got to get so the mad. The spirit is on the penny. property, and because Deborah is finally weakened by Alzheimer's, he can possess her. You think he can't leave the property? But but if he's a Deborah, he can. I think he's outside. Remember, because in all the paintings, he's outside, yeah. like in yeah, the yeah, garden yeah, yeah, where yeah. they fucking murdered him. Yeah. And so his spirit is there, and now there's finally a soul that's weak enough, and he's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna go in that soul, and I'm gonna raise the devil," as per my living goals, as he... per my stretch goals when I was alive. <laughs> nice. He has some insane abilities as a spirit. Because once he takes over Deborah, Deborah's like no longer human. Deborah is is very bent on taking this one specific girl who has leukemia mm-hmm. from the hospital. Like this this guy, this guy's got a type. He picked a kid, like, yep. and he was just like, "This will be the one." This is you. I need you, and only you. And tries to kidnap her twice. I think, right? Yeah. They find her in the basement. It's in super, like the freezer. That was oh, so creepy. Super cre- and they're just staring at the wall. It's like they, it's like there used there, to be like a there door there. There was a path there yeah. or something. Or, yeah. And now he's stuck. Because oh. he's just like, fuck, there used to be an underground tunnel here. I used to take all my kids from the leukemia ward. Oh, man. 
It's so creepy. It's real good. But here's, so, gets that kid again at the end of the movie, and they find her in a cave after trying to, like, perform a ritual where they, like, bury the, they unearth the, they, that's not true. They, they tried. They found it unearthed. They found it unearthed and in the attic, and they try to burn it because that's what the, that's what the, the professor guy said we gotta do, uh, and it didn't work. So when they find, they find Deborah again in the caves, she's fucking swallowing this kid whole. Yeah, like, jaw detached. It was a wonderful surprise. I have to say, greatest part of the whole movie. Because there's no... Fancy special effects to this point nope. at all. So you nope. are not expecting anything oh, like yeah, this. Oh, yeah, because, like, oh, she's she's standing on the kitchen floor. Now she's on top of the counter. Like, it's it, oh, as soon as the window is out of the shot, the window slams open. Like, okay, cool. Trick photography, clever editing. I get it. It's doable. It's great. How the fuck did they do that? Oh, man. It looks so good. It's, it's just, like, being so sparing and then just, and like, so slow. Salt. Yeah. And the fact that she's just got her head in her mouth. And she's staring at them, too, right? It's like when you find like, the dog. Ugh. It's got something in her mouth she shouldn't have, but she doesn't want to give it up. She's looking right at you. She's yeah, like, nah, I'm like, going to keep chewing You come this. closer and I'm going <laughs> to fucking run. But right now I'm going to enjoy this. But I'm watching you. Yeah. Oh, it's nuts. She's like a cross between an anaconda and, like, those vampires from Blade 2. Oh, fuck. And her face gets huge. Huge. How does anybody recover from that? Yeah. She's just gumming up that kid. It's so creepy. It is one of the best things that's been done in fan footage in a long time. Well, just because of how much of a surprise it was. Yeah, I know, exactly. But it also looks great. Like, I mean, like, they knew it was coming this time around. And, like, Jesus, it looks awesome. Yeah, it makes me sad because of how much the image is circulated online now. So I feel like most yeah. people going into it are going to see that. And it's, it's like the like, only GIF for the movie that exists, yeah. right? Unfortunately. And it's an amazing scene. Like, I get why people want to share it and and, yeah. and post about it. I mean, it, if, if that's what it takes to get you to watch the movie, fine, whatever. But yeah. But then all the parts with the Alzheimer's at the beginning have less weight because you know she's yeah. possessed in a creature and and whatever. And it, the journey of this film is great because it it tackles the medical horror of that kind of disease, and then it takes you to like traditional spooky town horror. Yeah, I mean, like unfortunately, you can't ask everybody to watch everything blind. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very hard. Yeah, this is just a really great movie to watch blind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ending though. We discover after after revisiting the the little girl who was kidnapped and who's uh, miraculously better. Yeah, miraculous recovery. Her acting is great at the end too. She's really good. She looks like an entirely different child. Yeah, and I mean, like she she doesn't stammer or anything, but she's very shy. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk to the news crew. It's like this is how a kid would answer like all of these questions. Like, I don't I don't know I don't know. Evil smile. <laughs> <laughs> Evil smile, maybe. Yeah. Linger black. <laughs> Something about the end of this movie that I want to talk about. Okay. But I want to save it for the end of The Last Exorcism. Because I kind of, it's it's a thing about the ends of found footage movies okay. that I want to talk about. All right. Well, well, we'll get there then. Yeah. So, let's do ratings then. Let's, you go first? You want me to go first? I can go first if you want. I'm giving this movie a four out of four. I am giving this movie a... 2.75 out of 4. Oh my god. I'm sorry. John, I don't love it the way you love is, it. What? I think it's very good. I don't have the blind. I think this is our biggest Yeah, like I I div, what would you I don't want to give it a 2. All right, this division? is the biggest gap. Yeah. 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 The 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 yeah. We are the most divided I, on this film. I think so. Uh 2 is very low. I think 2 is low. 
I think 2.75 is low. I think three is maybe being a little too generous for my liking. I was almost going to give this a three and a half because of like the how kind of hammy the um, the lore gets at the end and how we're just like, oh, oh that's a hammy it's, lore. Uh, it's a demon and that's he's the serial killer and oh no, we got to burn the body like that. All of that goes so but fast. Hey, the, hey, we glossed over it a lot too because I don't necessarily uh, want to shit on it, but it's fine. The acting and the scares are so good though. Deborah. Everybody. Okay, the documentary crew isn't the best, but... <laughs> what are you going to do? Everybody else is great. I love the daughter, too. I think the daughter's wonderful. It's a good movie. Fine. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Four out of four from both of us. Uh, it's a great. <laughs> oh, when you average it out, yeah, that's how it comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get the I get the fan footage weight on this one because I d- clearly do an accurate fan footage rating. It's true. <laughs> oh, it makes me sad. This I'm is on sorry. my top ten fan footage of all time list. Yeah, I I agree. It is on your top ten fan <laughs> footage list. <laughs> You're such a meanie. I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest. All right, let's talk about the last exorcism, and I'll say how good it is, and you can say why it's not. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Oh, my God. Exorcism is alive and well. The Bible is filled with demons. If you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil. We're looking for the sweets are fine. You want to make a U-turn, and then I want you to go back where you came from. Jeez, go, go! Seems like the end of the road. Mr. Schmitzer? How you doing? Cotton Marcus. My wife died two years ago. It's quite a shock for Nell. Were you very close? She was my best friend. Somehow, the devil 
can't enter. Now, can you hear me? Yeah. Good. Nothing to be nervous about. What is that? This got me through my skin. Please help. Get it out of my. Let him come now. Exorcism from 2010 is currently sitting at a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, 63% on Metacritic, and 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. This is a film, I'm going to say, that I did not give credit to the first time I saw it. Maybe I didn't pay proper attention. I'm sure... When did this come out? 2010. I think we rented this movie. Maybe. I I I have memories of seeing it in the theater, but that could Maybe be, we did see it in the could theater. Could be false memories, who knows. It's a horror movie. It definitely went to the theater. I think we probably saw it in the theater. Yeah, cuz I re- I especially remember like the bending over backwards promo art and yeah. stuff and that it it was a fairly big for indie movie movie. Yeah, it had that wide indie release. Yeah. Maybe we were just too saturated with possession exorcismy films to like give it any credit i think also the ending was common at the time and is still now but we'll get to it okay but recently it was like within the last year it was on we found it on roku and we threw it on while we were working and i i started paying attention to it and i was like hey i think we need to do this on the podcast this movie's actually pretty good it is a lot better than i remember it being yeah i i will say i was not looking forward to watching it I was pretty defensive about doing this episode at all. Yeah, because you're being a wiener about possession and found footage movies, two of my most watchable genres. Yeah. Sorry, d- d- defensive is not the right word. I was, I was apprehensive about doing it. I did not want to I would say offensive. Do. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 no, I was offending anybody I could. Like, hopefully if we just got to You were just throwing crucifixes left and right. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is very, very good. It is good. Yeah. And the premise is good. The setup is good. The the situation the lead character in is interesting and you want to watch his journey in this exorcism story. Yeah. It's fun while still being... Well, yeah, and I think that comes down to him. Uh, yeah. Logan, the main character, is is, is a priest who was like, raised in... Bat- evangelical. Yeah, evangelical preacher. Bat- raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana from his dad uh, to be a preacher, a child preacher who then went into exorcisms. He's done hundreds of exorcisms. Doesn't believe in... A- he doesn't believe in demons whatsoever. He mm-hmm. believes in God. Barely. Barely. He doesn't believe in anything he preaches. That's really what it comes down to. But he believes he's doing good. Like, with exorcisms, he believes he's helping the people that feel they need an exorcism. Because they are experiencing, like, a release or a purge or feeling lightened or, the like, the the experience is enlightening for them. Yeah, I think he sees it as being a a non-medically certified psychiatrist yeah therapist well and too and you you see throughout the film like when the the case we we visit with nell and her family starts to take kind of a turn for worse like he's not above recommending medical help no not at all because he knows that would be the right thing to do yeah he knows like obviously he's not going to go do exorcisms for anybody that he thinks is mentally ill but if it's just somebody who's like oh i got demons inside me priest oh god father you gotta help me and he's just like i'm gonna get those demons out like oh i'm so glad them demons out like he then (laughs) Okay, job well done. 
And it's fun too because he's he's got well yeah and and he's got some medical needs with his family so he's definitely in need of cash so maybe that's affecting his morality a little bit but yeah what's kind of fun about it is he's also sort of a magician so he's got a bunch of tricks and and things up his sleeve that he does which we'll find he flourishes his exorcisms with them oh yeah um but when we're introduced he's doing like magic tricks during his sermon and they're so cheesy and they remind me of of when i went to church as a kid just oh like i've seen priests do these level these of corniness tricks. like especially that, those the devil's cards. going to try to trick you and like the devil is the jack and like there the devil is everywhere and then all all the cards are jacks and oh, you're just man. like oh i feel this so hard in my cringe bone yeah <laughs> yeah i have seen a lot of preachers do a lot of the same magic tricks it's all the same and it's just to get people to look at you them. You want kids engaged, man. You just got to get on their level. You got to talk to them in a way that they're going to pay attention. Yeah. You got to give them some fun, something interesting. Wear That's a why tie we have rock suit. bands. <laughs> <laughs> man, when I think back to all the nights that I had to spend going to see rock bands perform, <laughs> I want those hours of my life back. I really do. Oh, man. And then just like. I have never seen. Well, apart from that one Christian band that came to like our school and all the girls were like, oh, they're so cute. For the Lord, I guess. Yeah, like, this, is, this is for <laughs> the Lord. Did you guys see all their promise rings? Like, slow down. <laughs> I would have rather have seen, like, a Christian yo-yo tournament. <laughs> like, that would have been great. That would have been so good. Can you imagine, like... Doing, like, the yeah, Noah's do- Ark? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Noah's Ark and the um the and manger baby. <laughs> he's walking the spirit instead of walking the dog. I gotta follow the Lord's path. And, whoa, he's taking me away. <laughs> oh, man. See, your relationship with... The devil's horns. Yeah, well, yeah, like the, the devil and the God. You're always going to feel that push and pull, and it's just going to... You're going to snap back, go right down. You want to stay down there. You want to sleep with Jesus. <laughs> like, whatever, right? <laughs> what? Well, isn't that what it's called? The like, lion when you sleep and the, the lamb. Yo-yo? Yeah. Oh, this is what it's like. Okay. Oh, do you know that story about... Uh, is it David, I think, that, like, goes in, like, and the Goliath? pit? No, that goes in, like, the pit of Throw lions. those rocks! <laughs> The yo-yo is throwing. I'm sorry, the rocks. I'm just moving on twix, the tricks at rapid fire, John. I got a lot of them. It's funny. We are workshopping this program right now. <laughs> neither <laughs> of us use yo-yos. Neither of us are Christian. But I could write that show. I could put that show together. What's your bang boom finish? A bang boom finish. Uh, oh, definitely the uh, the high fiving a million angels with, <laughs> with, with the yo-yos. <laughs> Oh, man. Mine's going to, you know, when you walk the dog, but it's going to be Easter when Jesus came out of the grave. <laughs> oh, it's like he's pulling Lazarus. <laughs> yeah. He's coming out, and then Jesus is out. <laughs> three days, three nights, and he's out. <laughs> or was it seven? I can't remember. I think it was three. Whatever. Yeah, no, it was three. Yeah, yeah, because you have Good Friday and then Easter Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It's not even, not even three. Yeah. Monday, right? Easter Monday. Yeah, it's three. Is it Monday? Yeah, Easter's on Monday. Oh, okay, so. We all celebrate on Sunday because we like Monday to be fat and lazy. Oh, yeah. No, no, like yeah. Jesus like planned Jesus originally. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus rose and sat on the couch. <laughs> Eat ye your finest turkey-flavored tofu. <laughs> and he undid and the top button football. on his toga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, this man. is what happens when we start talking about religious things. We just, like, descend into a chaos of, like, slightly resentful church history. <laughs> They're funny stories. So in... Last exorcist. Yeah, when the devil came down to Louisiana. When the devil came down to Georgia. Looking for a soul to steal. Looking for a Nell to steal. 
so Logan's with this documentary crew. He's going to let them in on an exorcism. His last exorcism. So basically, he... He says that he's not doing it anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. okay, yeah. more morally, he can't really justify it, but he also kind of needs the money. And he basically just picks one out of a hat. Like, he's got a bunch of letters of people just asking to, to come and give him an exorcism. He picks one, and we're off. We're going to a really rural area. Is it in Louisiana? Yeah, it's Louisiana, yeah. He says some really great stuff about Louisiana and why they believe in exorcis- exorcisms and how, like, it's such a a hotbed of, like, religions and culture. And yeah, it's just, sort like, of like this a melting weird, pot for everybody. Yeah, this weird place where there's so many beliefs, like, in a single block span. And it was just a really wonderful, like, look at that area that I don't necessarily think of. Like, you go and you're like, ooh, voodoo and Catholicism, but there's so much more than that. Oh, there's quite a bit more. But, yeah, so he's going to this family, uh, Nell, who's a, like, 16 year old girl yeah 16 14 something like that she's very um, young yeah like young teenage girl who is so sweet and innocent it, she's homeschooled by her really religious father uh they don't really leave the house much they're very isolated in their farmhouse yeah it seemed like after his wife and their, their mother died he uh only really allowed them to leave the house to go to church and then eventually decided that they the church wasn't church enough yeah church wasn't church enough they weren't teaching enough church <laughs> they what is it that they let them listen to music that wasn't christian like literally he won't let them listen to any music read any books watch any programs wear any clothes that isn't somehow related back to the bible this guy is losing it yeah he's he's gone down the dark hole of the white light <laughs> yeah and he it, it's it's all because uh you know science wasn't able to save his wife from cancer mm-hmm. and so now he puts his only faith in god we when we first get to the farmhouse uh, the son, Noah? No, what's his name? Caleb. Caleb. The Pl- son, I knew it was like a religious name. Well, yeah, it's, it's Caleb, played by Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah, oh, That's I should have That's why it's easy to remember, that. yeah. yeah. Um, Caleb, who's got the, like the cutest baby fat face because he's so like gaunt now that he's older. Right. He's very hostile towards the documented crew. He like wants them to leave. He's very kind of like threatening, but in like a nice but still believe threatening way. Yeah, he's protective of his sister. Uh, we think. But he, uh, and he he warns Logan, too, like, if you ever hurt my sister, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you, or whatever, right? Like, if you leave a finger on her, I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna kill all his film crew, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he he notices quickly, because he he never takes his eyes off Logan, he doesn't close his eyes when they're supposed to pray, that he he realizes that it's a gimmick. And then, and then he lets his guard down, because he's like, oh, I got nothing to worry about with this guy. He's, it's, he's just smoking mirrors, gonna take some of my dumb father's money and he's gonna be on his way exactly and he very much is like they they do the first exorcism very early on in the film and it is fully smoke and mirrors it is a a show and dance oh yeah and it's purely for for nell and for her father yeah because nell believes she's possessed yeah and she's so sweet you she does not look possessed in the beginning of this movie and it takes a while for the creepy stuff to manifest so much so that you don't believe she's possessed at the beginning. No, of the not movie. at all. Not she's at all. She's so wholesome and sweet, and the actress does such a great job portraying like the descent of this girl. Mm-hmm. I have eyes, never she's seen. Got, she's got good eyes. Like, uh, yeah, she's got empty, a very dead dark, eye. dead stare. Yeah, she's got to be wearing like those circle contact lenses or something because her Has eyes be. get like huge. Also, she she's quite the contortionist. So, like, I remember that too being a big sell. Like, all the 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 movements are practical and. Um, so I think that they hired her because she is like a ballerina or something that can could have actually done that like backward flip thing she does in the barn. Yeah, she really pulls it off. It's real good. And like the she does like this neck pop thing that's like fucked. Yeah. 
Which is crazy because like contortionists aren't doing anything that like you couldn't really do with some. Uh, it's not that. What are you really. talking about, John? <laughs> well, what I'm trying to get at is like they they are doing things the human body is capable of doing, yeah. but they seem otherworldly. Well, some people are extra jointed though. I think that's fake. I don't think so. Have you seen those people that can like flip their fingers back? Do you think these fingers can flip back? Yes. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I, I I think double jointed is is not true i think the. What, i don't think you're actually double jointed but i think your muscles are like not as tethered as they should be i think you're i think a lot of people are just able to just dis, just dis, dislocate dislocate some of their joints without that much pain <laughs> 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 which can't be good for you it means that like the socket thing is like no good and you're just like damaging it the more some people more i think that. are just rubberier than other people oh that explains it yeah okay yeah like if your bones and your muscles are flubber you're fine like in that music video like that kanye west music video i was Monster. thinking like in that flubber movie with robin williams the oh. remake of that other flubber movie with the other flubber uh the absent-minded professor i believe with no flubber yeah <laughs> So the exorcism works. Quote, unquote, works. works. Yeah, we get to the end. There's some smoke coming out of the crucifix. Because he, oh, put the demon inside me, Lord. Put it in. Oh, <laughs> save this me. girl. Save it. Oh, it worked. It worked. It worked. But he's like mildly electrocutes her throughout the exorcism. Yeah, with those nine volt batteries. That's good. It's good. It's got a great time. I want that kit. I don't want to be mildly electrocuted. So like, are you going to do it on the dog? Because I think that's pretty cool. Would you not hire like a, like a fake exorcism for a Halloween party? No. I would do that. Would you? On who? Yourself. I think you also hire the person being exercised. Okay, so we hire an actor, and then yeah. you hire an exorcist, and then you buy some batteries. Yeah. Okay. Just the batteries, that's it. <laughs> like, Smoke the rest machine. of the kit is yours. Yeah. <laughs> this is your responsibility. <laughs> so they, okay, cool, job well done, everything's great. They go back to the motel, because they're definitely not staying there. They don't want anybody to figure out. They get out of town as fast as possible, basically. But Nell shows up in the middle of the night. At the hotel. Yeah. In like bare feet has walked there. Yeah. Is she in bare feet? Yeah. Okay. Because she, like, she wears those boots the rest oh, maybe, of the movie. Maybe she is wearing those boots. I'm not sure. I thought she was barefoot. Either way, Iris, the director, uh, gives her like her Doc Martens because she's so taken back by them. Like it's like, oh my God, city people. I've never seen shoes like these before in my whole life. And it's like, you've never seen boots? You live on a farm. <laughs> farm is, boots are for farms. That's a cute scene though. It is very It cute. makes it feel like a documentary like that. That yeah. little, like, behind-the-scenes moment. And then she's wearing the boots the rest of the movie. It's very cute. But Nell is definitely possessed when she is at the motel. Hella possessed. She's super spooky. She's very silent. She's almost catatonic. And then she starts to try to take her, like, nightgown slash dress off. And she's trying to seduce the female ca- uh, camera woman. So you're just yeah. like, oh, Nell. <laughs> also, when they bring her back, too, to the house, uh, it's at some point when they come back to visit, there is a, there is a, a uh, message on the answering machine. Oh, and she's killing livestock. <laughs> yeah, she's killing livestock. Uh, there's a message on the answering machine explaining that she is pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah, so all that previous activity in the hotel room where she's taking her clothes off and the isolation that they have from the real world by death starts to paint a picture of abuse. Uh, especially given that when they do show up, Caleb has a big slash on his face. His sister has attacked him, but the me- he's able to scrawl a quick message to the crew before his dad takes him to the hospital saying, don't leave him alone with her. Mm-hmm. So that's where they sort of take charge and sort of realize that like maybe they need to get this girl out of there. And unfortunately, around that time, shit starts going wild. Yeah, like she's possessed. She's on wardrobe. She's being spooky. She's being creepy in the barn. Should have never untied her from the bed. <laughs> that's the thing. Eventually, you can see in their eyes like, oh, fuck, if only we could... If only we had chains to tie her back up onto that bed. Yeah, well, because when 
uh, dad disappears with Caleb to the hospital, they go and find that Nell is not only locked in her room, but chained up to her bed. And she doesn't want to be unchained. She's like, no, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm gonna yeah, be in yeah, trouble. dad's going to be very upset. And they think at this point that dad is sexually abusing her. Yeah. And some crazy, crazy abuse. But when we find out with the ending, which we are getting into super spoiler territory, though, but the reason that Caleb didn't want dad to stay is because dad does have faith and dad is very religious and would be praying for her and would be weakening this demon. Whereas she's safer with this fake exorcist guy who doesn't even believe in God enough to do anything. Doesn't know a damn thing. Like they, they think they're helping, but really all they're doing is getting her closer to her purpose. So they are no longer going to that church. And like, it's definitely not why dad took them away from that church, but we find out that church super duper evil yep <laughs> the, the, the crew goes in and asks for help and they're like i don't know i mean we could try i, I guess you know like uh, it's a little tough he doesn't like us i don't think we can go back there like they're a fucking cult they have been conditioning them for this caleb is very in, into this cult nell was a vessel for the devil she's pregnant with the devil's baby it's not even. I don't baby. even know if it's the devil's baby. It's like an offering for the devil. Yeah. Well, it's he sacrifice. <laughs> you gotta love this too, right? Where it's just like God sacrifice a virgin to the devil, and then like we we as audiences we get bored of that. It's like oh, we gotta sacrifice a fresh virgin <laughs> to the devil. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they're sacrificing the devil's baby to the devil, so the I devil can rise. <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe it is just like a regular baby. That is baby. A, is a squirmy weird baby. Yeah. It was like red, and I swear to God, it was translucent. Maybe it's the like. It was like a goob baby so like a big red booger so let's think of it this way like she's <laughs> crying she's red possessed crying booger. Uh, she, she's possessed but the possession quote-unquote is actually the pregnancy so like she the demon isn't inside her so much but it is inside her you mm-hmm. see what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's like this is like the, the the conduit she's the conduit the vessel or whatever for the demon to come alive is is actually this uh this this child Mm-hmm. thing that she has so when they burn it that's sort of completing a ritual where now this demon is able to like come into earth in his like demon form yeah my only confusion there is that so at the end the end of the movie they convince everybody that everything is fine because after the secret comes out that Nell is pregnant she confesses that she has she has slept with a local boy yeah and she tells her dad this and she's very calm and she tells him it all happens because they they agree to do a second exorcism. Um oh, yeah. and during the exorcism, she says some like really juvenile things that de- a demon wouldn't say. Like she, she says, says boner job jo- or yeah, yeah. B- uh, blowing job and she says something else like I, Yeah, I can't remember what the other one was. Um that's just not quite right. Yeah, it's just like you are not necessarily the person you are showing yourself to be yeah and so like this story comes out that she has been pretend like pretending to be possessed and and lashing out because she has been living this life so sheltered and also what a great way to hide that you're pregnant (laughs) yeah that she's super pregnant (laughs) it's a demon demon did it oh it's not mine nope 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 you know the first person that did that really got away with it but at the point where she's doing that do you think she's possessed and she's now part of the ruse because She's trying to get the uh, the the film crew and the preacher to leave, like her with her dad and her brother, and that everything is fine and over. Because she's lying when she's saying that she slept with the neighbor boy or the boy yeah. in town. Yeah, I don't 
she's part of the game. Like, she's part yeah. of it at that point. Maybe she's possessed to the point where... Yeah, like, I'm not sure how much of it is her decision and how much of it's out of her control. But, like, yeah, maybe they were... Um, um, maybe they were groomed while they were in the church and she, like, genuinely, you know, quote-unquote, wants to do these things. Like, she's a willing participant. Yeah, because I, I leave that movie not knowing at all her how much she's in... Because that's the only scene that... Where she actively lies. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it could. Either way, it doesn't change the story any. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drawings too, because she draws everybody dead. Oh, she draws everybody dead. And yeah, she, yeah. She draws. And it like, all comes true. Yeah. Hmm. Because they, yeah, they they show the 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 cameraman having his head cut off, the director being chopped into pieces, and surprise, surprise, that shit happens all at the that end. Shit happens. Yeah. What do you think of the ending? I like the cult. I like that. Th- I like that there's a cult. I like that we see it. I like, I like there's a fucking demon. It's great too because you have this priest who doesn't believe in demons whatsoever, and and literally sees one and a ste- giant demon. Yeah, and steps up and just like I'm going in there. I'm gonna fight that son of a bitch. This is what I've been training for as much as it's all been practiced. Like I'm going in, and he's got his Bible, and I'm sure it doesn't end well for him. But no, you know. <laughs> it probably just like fire steps on him. Yeah, and just like silly priest man. <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. Like it's it's okay. It's it's a very standard ending. It's for a little some it's a little movies. cheesy. Yeah. yeah, especially especially that Caleb is the last image we see cutting off the the cameraman's head. I think it's great that Caleb's involved because he does some his character arc when you know who he is at the end makes all of his moves throughout the movie really interesting. Yeah, cuz up until then you could almost think that uh he was the person that got her pregnant and maybe he is. Uh who knows? Like as as part of the ritual. But and also, then, and you that's very why much he's so think, defensive, right? You very much think he's overprotective and caring, yeah, 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 and yeah. then, and then it it's pulls the rug from under you. But I also just like how many times the film subverts what the possession is. Yeah, because there's there's so many like, ah, oh, no, we got you. It's actually this in this movie. This movie has at least like three or four of those. Oh, possession isn't real. Uh, look at us do this fake exorcism and then like oh is she actually possessed and like nah she's just super the- sheltered and pregnant and it's like oh but is she really possessed like oh no it's cult and she's having a like a devil baby like it's bonkers how many progressions this possession progressions this possession go- progressions this possession goes through nailed it <laughs> that was quite the tongue twister so like the 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 end of the movie, though, which is also my similar problem with the taking of Deborah Logan and whatnot, especially maybe the taking of Deborah Logan even more so. Who's editing this stuff, right? Okay, so that's the one thing is there's a score in this movie. Yeah, there's a score that yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. a spooky score. And I, I that, hey, that's a decision you got to make. Like if you want to make the, it, it definitely makes the movie more accessible. It's hard to get people to watch movies that don't have scores. Like, uh, and that's maybe part of the reason why people don't like the Blair Witch Project. They find it boring because there's no music. Like it's not something you're used to. Mm-hmm. And like I, I'm not gonna shit on it too much because I do love fan footage movies. But I think it's worth pointing out that like the last exorcism is edited. It's it's and they weren't editing it on the fly and always using the same uh, the same storage device to keep everything on. And and the taking of Deborah Logan, like whoever edited that, definitely thinks that little girl is evil. Like, <laughs> it's like, and we hold on the girl's face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fade yeah, yeah, to yeah. black. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're just supposed to suspend your disbelief. No, that. I I agree. Like, like I think in, maybe it's wrong to call these found footage. Maybe they're just handheld horror. Exactly. And I I think that, that unfortunately nobody wants to have two subgenres that basically do the same thing. Uh, but that's exactly it. It's a handheld horror. I think movies like um 
The Blair Witch Project and Wreck. Cloverfield and Wreck are great found footage movies because they are all done basically in one shot, one take. This is the raw footage from the camera. Mm-hmm. It's also why you have scenes in Wreck that maybe just go on a little longer than they're supposed to because it's unedited right now. Or aren't right shot now. the best. Yeah, it's unedited right now. It's just This is just a compilation of what we have. Mm-hmm. Press play. This is what you get. But yeah, it's always a bummer when you get to the end and you're just like, this is a little more put together than a found footage movie should be. Mm. Yeah, the score like is it. a little funny. You're just like, there's creepy music going on for this exorcism. I'm going to allow it, but only because I have no choice in the yeah. matter. <laughs> I will say, however, despite pointing that out for some dumb reason, uh, it it doesn't affect my scoring whatsoever. <laughs> in, in either movie. I I'm, I don't dock it for that. Like, whatever. It's just part of the format. It's how it... Oh, like what? I'm supposed to forget that it's a movie? Like, I thought I was here to watch evidence. <laughs> yeah, all they would have needed to do that is just like, this was compiled by student filmmakers, blah, 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 yeah. who are also getting their BAs in criminology. <laughs> <laughs> and who wants that? I mean, like, every, every other found footage movie either has, like, a crawl at the beginning or a crawl at the end, mm-hmm. or somebody introducing it, like, this is... So it's edited for time. Okay, so I'm the we editor here. Show, yeah. the, and we're going to put this on television for some reason unbeknownst to us. <laughs> yeah, these people all died, but I think... We need to see this. The world's ready, and, you know, we've got a real slump in the ratings right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to capitalize on their deaths. For Sweeps Week, we'd like to watch you uh, enjoy some... We'd like to let you enjoy uh, some people dying, live on camera. <laughs> okay, so what is your rating of The Last Exorcism? Uh, you know, if you had asked me before watching the movie, I would have said that I would have maybe given it a 1.5 out of 4. Boo. Maybe, maybe a 2 out of 4, because I just didn't want to watch it. And uh, I, I think this is how it goes for me with this movie every single time. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't like that. And then afterward, I'm like, fuck, this is a good movie. I'm giving The Last Exorcism a 3 out of 4. Wow. You like it more than Deborah Lorene? I don't know. I, I might wanna, have to adjust that Logan rating. And... I want to, to be honest, I want to, I wanted to give them both 2.5 out of 4, but you know, like we talk about the taking it over Logan. I'm like, okay, well, I give it a 2.75. <laughs> and then, and then based on the criteria that I have for the taking of Denver Logan, I think The Last Exorcism does some of those things better. So, like, I guess I got to give it a 3. Like, if you need, if, okay. I'll also give it a 2.75 out of 4. Ugh. But if I have to choose between the two of them, I think The Last Exorcism is, is, is maybe, fuck, I don't know. Okay, 2.75 so out of 4. I'm going to give The Last Exorcism a 3 out of 4. Yeah, I understand. Because there's a one point difference in quality between the two. Like, a substantially noticeable... They're both good. Yeah. But Deborah Logan is great. And John is bad at rating things. I like them both the same. I am bad at rating things. <laughs> I hate putting ratings on things. I genu- It's my least favorite part of every episode. It always takes you a really long time, too, when you're yep. like doing reviews and stuff. And I'm oh, like, oh, I, I didn't have a second thought about it. And like hate, ranking things, like I will rank. rank and never look at it again. Hate ranking. You just gotta trust your gut. Don't have a gut. Go with <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I hate ranking. Uh, I hate putting lists together. I hate doing top three, top ten things. I like writing reviews. <laughs> I almost said love. Um, I, I, I really like writing reviews. Uh, I hate putting a rating on it. And I think it's partly just because I'm worried people will only look at the rating and then not read the review. It's just like, no, 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 That's no, no, why no. the rating is there. I, yeah, it's like, no, 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 it's a 60%, but you gotta, you gotta read why. Like, you gotta <laughs> read why it's a 60%. Yeah, but so you gotta, you have to also write for the people that are on their phone at a movie theater being like, okay, what should I see? And they're literally just scrolling through and they're picking based on a rating. I get it. That's the whole point of a rating. Should I see this or should I not? 
I don't agree with the way we are as people. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have changed. All right. So back on exorcisms, let us know what you, or I guess possessions, back on possessions, let us know what you- Possessions disguised as exorcisms. Disguised as mental illness, but also really actually mental illness. I don't know what I was trying to say there. Let us know what you thought of the taking of Deborah Logan, or just the taking if you rented it on Google Play. What's up with that? Or The Last Exorcism. Uh, you can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can also find us in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS. We're going to stick around for a few more minutes and play a game that Kim's put together uh, because I've been very lazy lately and have not put together one in a while. Uh, what's the name of the game, Kim? It is called... Debbie and the Devil. You can get that bonus mini game over at patreon.com slash nightmare on film street. We record one for every single full length episode and we every month put out a new drive home from the drive in review where we spoilery talk about new films hitting the theaters. So if you need somebody to talk to about Dr. Sleep, we'll be there for you. And if you are considering Patreon, but you're not sure it's something you want to commit to, like, maybe I I don't want to hear these drive home from the drive-in reviews, there is a free episode that you can listen to right now. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It came out months ago, but you might be in your Christmas stocking, and if you need somebody to talk to about it, we're here for you. You don't have to be a patron to listen to it. That is free to you as just a regular listener of this podcast. But, of course, if you could mention the show, recommend the show to a friend that you think would dig it, that is a free, easy, and much appreciated way of supporting Nightmare on Film Street. And, of course, we also have things like merch and enamel pins and mystery boxes that you can get at store.nofspodcast.com. There is tons of fun stuff there, so be sure to check that out. But until next time, two Thursdays from now... I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at N-O-F-S podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.